If you want to learn more about content amplification and keyword research, then today's special guest is one you will not want to miss. Welcome to Let's Get Social with me, Philip Twyford, the Curly Marketer, Social Media Strategist and Management. And me, Emer Duffy of Fit Social Media, your social media personal trainer. So if you're confused about social media or not sure what channels to use, well, we've got you covered on Let's Get Social. Happy Fly Day, Emer. I said that because the days are flying and I'm now counting down. I was wondering how much coffee you've had there, because I, I I presume it is Bulk, Friday. Bulk, uh, yeah, well, fly day Friday, because we're counting down, I can't believe I'm saying this, to Halloween, Emer. Oh, I know. Listen, well, every Friday is Halloween for me, because listening to your jokes is a nightmare. Boom, boom. <laughs> now, Emer, there is only one joke teller on this show, but uh, that, that was good. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Uh, well, listen, I do hope that my digital giggle today won't scare away our guest. But before that... Uh, well, listen, all I can say is maybe I will have uh, something that will keep us all uh, engaged uh, and keep him content and provide a good result. I like it. I bet you did. Um, so listen, uh, today we ha- I have something that I think for everyone out there, including you, Mr. T, who is extremely professional, um, would be interested in. What are you uh, looking for, Emer? <laughs> What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> that that coffee you keep saying you're going to make me, but anyway, um, Twitter. You know Twitter. I do. It has another update. It's starting to roll out professional profiles, and I know what you're going to ask next. What is a professional profile on Twitter? Um, well. This is it. It's a free upgrade to standard profiles, which is available as an option to those with professional accounts. So you might be lucky, as they say. And you can use it to display information you're not able to showcase on a standard profile. So, for example, businesses, publishers, developers, creators, etc., can display the following info, such as business location, hours of operation, methods of contact, you know, a lot more than you would normally. Um, But it's also in the process of developing other features. Um, A couple that could be added to a professional profile today include a newsletter module. So you can add a yeah, you can add a subscribe button to your profile um, for anyone who would like to get on your mailing list. Mm-hmm. And then a shop module allows your business to display a carousel of products, which I think is really interesting at the top of the page. And to meet the criteria, you have to have a physical location. Do you have a physical location? Do you? I do. I'm here in my <laughs> sauna either. Yeah, maybe that doesn't count though. <laughs> maybe that's not a good look. No. Um, but at the moment, you have to be based in the United States and use Twitter in English. So fingers crossed they roll it out here soon. And Or I'd be getting FOMO. No chance of you getting FOMO now, Emer. You know, you're always on top of the insights. But as I said at the start of the show, it's kind of we're, we're flying quick to Halloween. So, Emer, you know, grab the garlic and the steaks because your nightmare is about to begin because it's time for. Oh, no, it's not. Oh, yes, it is. It's the digital giggle. Red alert! Red alert! <laughs> oh, this will be deadly. Go on. Yes, this is deadly. Um, You know, I love dogs. I have two. We're getting a new dog. And I was thinking of, you know, let's let's get it straight away. So uh, I've called my new dog marketing. What? Really? Yes, marketing. Yeah, because every day he comes to me with a new lead. Oh, that is so bad. Oh my home. God, I got my oh. own name. That sounds so bad. That's so bad. I think that content no. just lost all the followers. <laughs> or I could go in and say that was a rough one. Ooh. Anyway, all I have to say is if you find today's digital giggle, marketing joke, whatever you want to call it, engaging and would love more of them, you are in luck. You can catch Philip's previous jokes and indeed our other shows being on to the Let's Get Social podcast on Podbeam, iTunes, Spotify, and the Dublin South FM website. So as I always say, Fly past the first three minutes and you'll be grand. <laughs> oh, whoa there, Fido. Do not pass. <laughs> I'm going out for a walk. Okay, I understand. <laughs> but listen, down to the professional part of the show, we do have a very special guest today. Um, I'm delighted to welcome Rand Fishkin to Let's Get Social. In 2004, he created the SEO Mods blog, which over the next decade became the world's most popular community and content resource for search 
marketers. And in 2007, Ryan became CEO of Moz, the software company he co-founded with his mom based on the blog's success. And that's not all. Rand has gained a loyal following, including me, for his popular blogs and regular Whiteboard Friday series, watched by tens of thousands of marketers every week. Rand is also a frequent keynote speaker. And in 2018, he founded SparkToro, which I love, that exists to help entrepreneurs, marketers and product folks of all stripes uncover the publications and the people that influence their target audiences. This powerful data set contains 70 million plus public web web social profiles with a simple to use search tool that's free to try. And as I said, I love it and use it myself. So without further ado, Rand Frischkin. Welcome to Let's Get Social. Oh, thank you for having me, Emer and Philip. I like you. the way you said Emer first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is he Rad heard the joke and that made a poor impression. So, uh, oh. so the, the ranking has zero dropped. So yeah, <laughs> I was sorry, I was going to say. I'm, I was, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, oh I'm my struggling God. considering making an exit from this. Uh, here, come on. We, we go seems... for a walk. We go for a walk and leave him here. I was I'm going to let Philip burn himself out on puns, and then I'll return. <laughs> you need a big keyboard for that. Um, I was going to say, Rand, do you feel uh, Philip is on trend with the digital giggle, or should we drop his content tactic? You know, I don't know. I, there are people who really love bad puns. I think it's wonderful to find your audience and delight them. And I also, even though this is not very popular in terms of digital marketing advice, I think that people should get to follow their bliss. If you love something, it doesn't really matter if anybody else loves and appreciates it. I think it's wonderful to engage in it for your own uh, art. So Phil, I, I love how <laughs> you're expressing yourself to the world. Thank you. Thank you, Rand. I'm going to say hashtag very diplomatic. Mm. Looks like my follower base is still one. Me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I was I was hovering on the follow button on your Twitter account and then the joke about the dogs. <laughs> you thought you you moved away. Yeah. Probably my right to do that. Actually, flipped to my other screen entirely. <laughs> yeah, I, I would the browser too. window. Mm. It's a good thing I'm not sensitive. Anyway, you know, I've I've a strong, confident personality, so it's okay. Um, but no, Ryan, you have so to be. You have to have a very <laughs> confident personality to make jokes like those. Uh, well, either that or have no taste whatsoever. And I'm kind of not too sure. I'm glad you am. said that, not me. <laughs> but Rand, listen, it is great to have you on the show. Like you it are, is. I suppose, you're legendary in this whole sort of space. You know, uh, SEO, obviously, initially with Moz, you've now branched into SparkToro, the whole element mm -hmm. of content application. Um, but for our listeners, could you give maybe some background just on, you know, your journey from Ma's success to then where the idea of SparkToro came from. Sure. Yeah. So um, oddly enough, Philip, I, okay. So technically the, the, the odd thing is, you know, Ma's sold uh, to an acquirer earlier this year, but, you know, I had left the company four years ago and, and stepped off the board of directors last year mm -hmm. and, even still, so you know, technically, um, that that sale is a is a successful exit, right? Um, quote unquote. But I I have never really considered Moz to be a success, and that's that's an wow. odd, yeah, an odd thing to say. I mm. you know I, I recognize that um, in many ways, you know, it it helped a lot of folks in their in their career, and that is wonderful, and it, it helped a lot of people understand how. The search engine work. Um, I, I'm most proud of that, right? Most proud probably of, of being able to take information that that Google worked so hard to keep secret and, and keep away from people and to make that transparent so that they could market their businesses successfully. Um, that, that definitely makes me feel good about the work that I did there. But, you know, Moz was a venture-backed business. I made a promise to my investors that we would, you know, try to get them a seven to 10 X return over a certain number of years on, on uh, their money and their investors' money. And um, yeah, during my tenure there, I uh, Moz grew very rapidly, right. From, you know, less than a million dollars in revenue to, to 40 million in revenue, but it, it was not a venture scale success. And so the, you know, when I left the company, 
I think a lot of folks were like, oh, are you going to take some time off and maybe take a vacation? Yeah. And I, I left Moz on February 28th. Uh, this is 2018 mm -hmm. and started Spark Toro on March 1st. So I did take about eight hours off. Wow. Oh my but, God. Wow. Um, but that is not, I, I, that is not a, you know, oh, I was just so excited to get into my next gig. You know, I needed, I needed a paycheck in healthcare. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> for, yeah, for your Irish listeners who aren't, who aren't familiar with the system in the US, um, you know, you, your, your healthcare is tied to your employer. And so, mm. Yeah, ah, I needed to get my my right. new company off the ground ASAP, mm. and then um, get a co-founder and and get health insurance. Um, I had a few months of sort of you know mm. remaining mm. after my tenure at Moz, but mm. yeah, even though I was the founder and the CEO for a long time and all that, it, um, mm. was a uh, yeah, I, I had to raise money for Spark Toro. We we mm -hmm. we raised a unique funding round, but it was just a very different kind of thing. So. Mm. Yeah, the story is just a little more complicated than oh, you had this successful business and then you started another one. It was more a you had a complicated exit from a challenging situation of a company you technically started. Yeah, then, but it's it's great that yeah. you're able to sort of say right, I'm not going to sit here. I'm going to keep moving. You know, because a lot of people yeah, would maybe yeah. decide. Well, you know not, what? I mean, you know, there's yeah, there's not a lot of choice. The um, late stage capitalism is is pretty brutal. Mm. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like some people might, um, you, you kept moving forward. Other people might just sort of decide, right. That's it. I, I'm, mm. <laughs> that's it. That's it. I'm, yeah. I'm just going to go and, uh, I don't know, dig ditches or whatever, you know, you're just going to, mm. you know, change total course, mm. but you, you focused on what you knew and you, you changed it up. And actually that's why I really was delighted to say like you're coming on the show because, you know, um, I do love Spark Toro. I think it is, such a oh, unique platform and you know it's great for you know content um, amplification and keyword research as we know so here we are and you're thinking i need to start doing some keyword research yeah philip keyword research for your jokes maybe i don't know um yeah hint, hint. <laughs> um could you explain what this is for our listeners and why it's so important? Because there could be somebody out there that's maybe thinking of starting a business and they are told they need a website and uh, all the other platforms to amplify their message. But you need keywords to get found. Yeah, this is an interesting one. So, Emer, the fascinating part about uh, keyword research is that 99% of the time when people say that, what they mean are the words and phrases that people type into Google mm -hmm. or, or YouTube to search for you know, businesses like yours or products and services like mm -hmm. the ones that you provide. Yeah. Um, and SparkToro cannot help you with this. Moz, Moz definitely mm -hmm. can. I, I built mm -hmm. a tool when I was there called Keyword Explorer that that does exactly that, right? It basically, yeah. you know, uh, buys data from mm -hmm. a number of providers and then aggregates it together and, and attempts to show you essentially, you know, hey, this this word or phrase has mm -hmm. these many searches per month. And, you know, you can expect if you rank well for it, that that when people Google those phrases, that they will find you and click on you and, and come to your business. Mm -hmm. um, and that is a great methodology. But as I as I pointed out um, in a blog post recently on SparkToro, that's not the only kind of keyword research. There, yeah. are, there are other ways to think about um, how people use language online. One of those uh, that SparkToro can help with is uh, the words and phrases that people use when they discuss topics on social media. Okay. So if we were to put social... Social media jokes in there. <laughs> of course, you know what's talking about. There'd be nothing, there'd be nothing come up. No search. <laughs> well, <laughs> so you know, so so for for example, mm -hmm. we we might say that maybe you run, maybe Philip is uh, I don't know, getting into the pet sitting business. And so you you might find that there's an audience online that is, you know, discussing things around their pets, um, mm -hmm. whatever it is. Uh, maybe it's the hashtag dogs of Twitter, yeah, right, which is a popular hashtag. Lots of people post uh, pictures of their dogs and, you know, fun videos and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so you could see topics, uh, phrases, words that they use when they are posting on social, right? So when, the, when 
people talk on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or LinkedIn or Reddit, uh, you'll see things like animal shelter and dog owners and uh, mm-hmm. dogs of Instagram is another popular one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm actually scrolling through spark Toro right now, but you know, there's lots of uh, discussion about pit bulls and animal cruelty and dog friendly oh, no. businesses. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and these are potentially useful in a number of ways, right? I think that for folks who are going to build their businesses through social media, um, it is very wise to understand the conversations that are happening in your space, mm. the topics that are of interest, and you can you can do lots of cool things with those, right? So you can mm-hmm. get on top of a trend before anyone else is spotting it. You can be a participant in these conversations. You can follow people and build relationships with people who are influential in these communities and having these conversations. You can... You know, if if uh, pet sitting is what Philip's doing, right? He might say, "Oh, okay. I think I should also have a page about rescue dogs, and maybe I want to include something about animal welfare." Mm. And oh, a lot of people are talking about pet sitting during lockdown. I should have a specific piece of content that helps serve folks who are in lockdown, and what what can they do with regards to pet sitting and how can, mm-hmm. how can they have someone take their dog for a walk or whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm. These are all, um, content ideas, discussion ideas, you know, and you, you can learn a lot more, um, about your audience's behaviors rather than just here's a keyword they search for in Google. Yeah. This is what they're looking for. And also it kind of gets you to understand them a little better, especially if they're interested in certain publications or they follow certain influencers. Um, yeah. 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 So there's, uh, that's there's what a I like. very popular, Yeah, the UK's largest dog welfare charity, uh, dogstrust.org.uk, apparently yeah. followed yeah. by a significant percent of people who've talked about pet sitting in the last few months. There you go, Philip. That's it. Now. Get on. That's the answers. Thank That's you, Rand, for coming on. You've now inspired <laughs> and clarified for me. So That's it. I haven't, I haven't made, uh, I haven't hit my quota of puns in the last five minutes, and so I'm being booted from the show. <laughs> no, it's still early. It's still it's early. It's um, Like I suppose for the for the business owner entrepreneur that listens to us today, Rand, um, that whole area of, of keyword research and it's, I suppose it's linking to SEO and web ranking, et cetera. Is there a, a sort of a, a simple process that you could share or maybe advise that a business should maybe employ when they want to start the whole element of, of keyword research from that sort of, you know, here's a core keyword, now find similar words that are branching off from that. Well, let's see. So first off, I want to say it's been four years since I was in SEO. My my bit of advice on that would be probably talk to an SEO professional about kind mm-hmm. of the, the keyword research process and finding the words and phrases that you should go after. Uh, it, it is absolutely still the case that that in terms of determining which keywords you want, might want to try and rank for, that it is very much tied to geography. So you know, certain keywords, when you search for them in a particular place, Google will intuit that there's a geographic component and they will show you whatever it is, you know, pet Mm -hmm. sitting businesses near you rather than all pet sitting businesses around the world ranked against each other. Uh, And it's also the case that, um, you know, like, like we talked about a little bit that, that these Ranking in Google for keywords is is not the only way to build a business. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, in fact, believe for a variety of reasons, um, I have come to the conclusion that I, I think whereas SEO and, and ranking in Google used to be a great way to get off the ground with a new business um, marketing tactic, right? Nowadays, I think, unfortunately, for better or worse, it is the case that uh, SEO is one of those um, late stage tactics. And that's mm. just because ranking is so competitive. Mm. You know, when I started, right. When I started the Moz blog in 2004, very few people were trying to rank well in Google, even, even, even in 2010 or 2014, um, you had a lot of spaces that were not very competitive where just creating great content and publishing it, um, and earning some amplification could get you top rankings. 
Mm-hmm. That's not realistic today. You know, it is, um, I don't want to say impossible, but it is extraordinarily difficult for a new business to rank well in Google and use that as a catalyst for propelling their business forward. Mm-hmm. Instead, you have to look at more um, low-hanging fruit, right? Less competitive opportunities. I, I think those exist in places like press and PR, right? Mm-hmm. Where where being novel or new is really a competitive ad- advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's a lot of opportunity in um, the sort of what I'd call influence marketing space, not, not necessarily influencer, like the you know, guy who takes his shirt so, off on Instagram. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. You've seen Philip's latest reel then, have you? Um, <laughs> I was going to say, so you're saying things like um, look at alternative ways. Yeah. So, you know, connecting, as you say, maybe with the influencer, um, you know, don't just rely on the keywords, even though they're necessary. I, so, okay, <laughs> this is... This is very strange to say. So many people, you know, around the world um, who are in the marketing universe know me as someone who's who's been deeply in SEO, right? And for for years, obviously, I was very good at that. Mm-hmm. Um, but SparkToro, apart from searches for its brand name, gets almost zero search traffic for any keywords at all. Wow. Uh, you know, if you log into our Google search console account, you would say, I don't think they're even trying to rank for anything. They don't, they don't look like they're going after anything, you know, and SparkToro is a, a, a already a million dollar a year business. So I, I don't believe Emer that it is absolutely necessary to pursue any given marketing tactic. I, and that includes search engine optimization and keywords. So you know, look, if you are someone whose business is heavily reliant on Google and you believe that that is one of the best marketing investments you can make, great, you go for it. Don't let me stop you. However, I don't agree with the statement that every business has to go after Google search keywords. I don't think that's true at all. In fact, Google only has, you know, 10 results on the first page. Almost no one clicks to the second page. True. So mm-hmm. unless you're in the top 10, how are you going to, how are you going to yeah. win? Yeah. I mean, I keep saying to people, um, you know, it's, you can't, it's like, it's like a lot of things. Don't build your, your business on rent to grind. Don't take mm-hmm. things for granted. Mm-hmm. You need to be, you know, freshing up things. Um, and if you think, you know, you, the keywords you're using at the moment are going to be the ones you stick with, you're in a really, really, difficult position because that's not mm. going to happen it's not going to make it's not going to help you because there'll be somebody else coming along and they're doing a better job would you say philip yeah 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 like we we um joe Pelissi was on um earlier on uh, a few a number of months back rather than mm. very much that same type yeah. of scenario you know kind of don't build and rent a land focus with the the email list etc like mm. I'd, I'd be interested to get your your view rand because I know this is something that Mark Schaefer spoke about a number a number of years back, but this whole kind of content shock or content overwhelm, there's so much content, the channels are constantly changing, like Instagram has stories, mm. reels, posts, Twitter is doing all loads of new updates. Um, there's LinkedIn Live, LinkedIn Post, LinkedIn Articles, we've got YouTube. Is there so much content now that suddenly businesses need to be more clever or more focused on where their customers are operating and the type of content that they want to consume? Uh, yes and no. I uh, So there's there's no denying, right, that these are real trends. So, you know, whatever. Google's gotten much more competitive, uh, YouTube as well. There are many more content formats available than there were. There's also you know, a thousand times more people consuming more content every day than there ever has been. And the pandemic accelerated that trend massively yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was I was shocked to see that uh, even Italians spend a lot of time online now, which, you know, wow. they've resisted for, uh, for decades. Uh, but what I believe is most effective for 
especially small and medium business owners. Look, if you're trying to be, you know, hyper growth, you, you know, you got to return billions of dollars to your investors, whatever. Yes, you have to take every channel that you can get. But if you're a small or medium business owner um, and your turnover is in the, you know, tens of thousands to millions of uh, dollars or pounds a year, then I truly believe that your best opportunities lie in channels that sit at the intersection of three things. One, place where your customers actually are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That doesn't have to, your customers are probably in many places. You, you almost certainly, no matter who you are, you probably have customers on LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter yeah. and YouTube and mm-hmm. Google and mm-hmm. the web. And uh, they probably listen to some podcasts. They probably listen to some form of uh, radio. They probably watch some YouTube videos, right? That mm-hmm. They're subscribed to some email newsletters. So you, you have lots of places where you could conceivably go after them. The second two are a place where you believe you can provide unique value mm-hmm. above and beyond what your competition is doing. That is, that is differentiated value, mm-hmm. right? If you want marketing advice in the social world with terrible puns uh, and, and a lovely uh, brogue, you have to listen to Philip, right? Yes. There's, there's, there's no choice. His handle is the curly marketer. Just, and I mean, just to throw it it's going to be, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be really tough for someone else to compete um, because that is unique value that Philip provides. Uh, and and then the the third thing, the third thing is, I believe that you personally, as the business owner or the or the marketer, you have to enjoy and care about the channel. So if you you know if you were to tell me, Rand, <clears throat> I hate Twitter. Like I get that some of my customers are there. I get that there's an audience that that might work. I, you know, I can think mm-hmm. of some ways to potentially be unique there, but I really despise it. I don't like being on there. I would tell you, I have never in all my years, I have never seen someone who told me as a marketer, oh, you know, I hate this channel, but I'm really good at it. Nope, never happened. <laughs> so I would tell you, avoid, avoid channels that you dislike and go after ones that you're great at. If you love Instagram and you have, you know, photos of your pet sitting business and, uh, you know, you have a dog of the week and you've got grooming tips and whatever it is, fantastic. Yeah. Stick to Instagram, maybe put your photos on Facebook. If you really feel like you have to invest in other channels, you can use those same visuals on LinkedIn, on mm-hmm. Twitter, on your mm-hmm. Google profile page. Fantastic. Go for it. If you want to make Instagram the center of your business because that's the way you love using social media, great. Don't let me stop you. I think that's a wonderful thing to do. And I find that business owners often feel overwhelmed by this concept Mm. that they have to be everywhere and they don't. Oh yeah, they don't. Cause you spread yourself too thin. Uh, You're trying to keep up with everything and you don't get any work done. Exactly. So competitive advantage, competitive advantage means picking and choosing your battles. You know, what, one of my favorite bits of data, this is from a company called rescue time. Um, Rescue time essentially has a, you know, a little piece of software that you download onto your computer and it tracks everything that you do. And then gives you stats like, okay, you spent this much time, you know, whatever, in Microsoft Word actually writing your book. And you spent this much time browsing Facebook. And you spent this much time, you know, uh, poking around on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, it gives you all these stats. And then it aggregates and anonymizes the stats behind the scene. And what Rescue Time, uh, over tens of millions of users and, uh, and billions and billions of hours of work data collected can show us is that the average knowledge worker puts in around two hours of productive time every day. I'm not surprised. Two hours. Mm. So my friends, I, I think that I actually love that statistic. I think that is wonderful news. Mm. It suggests to me that we don't need to go to work for eight hours. It suggests to me that time is not the thing that gives you a great advantage over everyone else. Mm. I, I love this idea that in 15 hours a week, I could potentially build a phenomenal business. And embarrassingly enough, you know, there's a lot of weeks where I don't work more than eh, maybe 25 hours on SparkToro. Nice. Can I come work for you? I like the sound of that. 
I, this is this is what we're trying to do, Emer. Right? We have this like we have this <laughs> philosophy at SparkToro called chill work, right? Like so it. Casey, my yeah. co-founder, you know, he's the primary caretaker for for his two girls because um, mm-hmm. Lindsay, his wife, has has a full time gig. She she works in school administration, and mm-hmm. um, you know, he's. I can, I can see his calendar, right? It's like, here's laundry day, right? Casey's doing the laundry and here's, yeah. you know, here's him, him picking up the girls from school and <laughs> all this stuff. It's, you know, it's awesome, right? He's, he is busy. He, he actually must be a really good house husband, honestly. Um, is, you know, uh, so... you're a bit like you, Philip. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if Casey needs some jokes to cheer him up, I'll, I'll hook him up. <laughs> you know, he would he would probably love your puns. You know, he would, he would come uh, right back. At, he's he's like this grumpy but deeply kind Midwesterner. <laughs> like he can just you know gab with strangers all day. He's great. Um, so so uh, Amanda, who's our our other um, person on the team at SparkToro, uh, mm-hmm. she's our marketing architect is is her current title. And Amanda, you know, has got. Uh, a son as well, and she's taking care of him. Yeah, and so you know, there you have a life outside of work and yeah, getting right? the right Spark balance enables. And if you have the right tools to save yourself time, make you productive, mm-hmm. it's a win-win. You know, yeah. Choose choose your battles, right? Rather mm-hmm. than trying to invest in every possible channel or every tactic. Yeah. Pick one or two things that you are good at, where you know your customers are, where you can provide unique value. Focus on those. Get your two or three hours a day in. It's actually a wonderful way to think about the world of building a business because I think when you plan for, hey, I only have a couple hours a day, mm-hmm. you start to design a a work life that is very uh, efficient and effective, yeah. rather yeah. than one that's just well, you know, in my eight hours, my ten hours today, I'm going to try and do all these million things, shorten that checklist. You'll do better. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was going to say like, you know, it's again, it's getting the balance and, um, you know, there's only so many days in the week, hours in the day. And uh, you know what? You don't look back and go, God, life passed me by because all I was doing was keyword research. (laughs) I I can't think of anyone I have ever heard of who at the end of their days said, ah, I'm really glad I got to do so much keyword research. Yeah, that's why. I, <laughs> that's why probably I'm falling down because I haven't done enough. But anyway, um, I have to say on your SparkToro Office Hours webinar series, um, uh, I was going to ask you, where'd you get the idea? Um, oh, yeah. You have delved into the topic of amplifying your content. Now, I have to say, it, depending on where you, if you have got your dentures in properly, it's a bit of a tongue twister content amplification. What is that to our mere mortals that are listening yeah. in, like myself? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a simple idea, right? Essentially that you are creating content that could be you know, pictures of your dogs. That could be uh, your terrible puns. It could mm-hmm. be uh, your blog posts. You're getting your killed here today. You're killing them. You're killing them round, you know? No, so <laughs> grab the Kleenex round. Right. You, you take an episode of your podcast or radio show, mm-hmm. and that is a piece of content. Yeah. And your your goal is, well, let's find more people who would be interested in this content. Let's find more people who would, once they hear this one, would subscribe to the show. And, oh, yeah, Joe Polizzi was on. I, I want to hear that mm-hmm. episode. And Mark mm-hmm. Schaefer was on. Oh, I want to hear that episode. Right. So they go through your back catalog and they subscribe to your e- email newsletter and they're listening to back episodes. That's that's amazing. But in mm-hmm. order to do that, you have to earn content amplification, right? This episode and all the other episodes have to reach a broader audience than the last one did. Mm-hmm. And to do that, you need channels that can reach more people. So there, you know, there's obvious opportunities out there. Google is one of them. Mm-hmm. But you know, ranking in the search results with a podcast episode, not impossible, but challenging. Uh, mm-hmm. There's certainly YouTube, right, which has a great discovery algorithm and has an up next algorithm and has a recommendation system and, you know, gets a ton of search volume. You could you could take this show and decide, hey, in the future, we're going to film video as well. And we're going to start to put these shows on YouTube. Uh, we're going to take shortcuts of the show and splice them together into little, you know, get the get the sample episode in five minutes on YouTube. And then you can listen to the full version 
on our website. Um, you could amplify this on Twitter. You could put it on Instagram. You could put up a, a post on Facebook. You could put mm -hmm. up a post on LinkedIn. All, all these are content amplification opportunities. Mm. And my argument is essentially that uh, if you want to have success by producing content, you've got to be able to amplify that to a group of people all, through these channels who care about sharing it. Mm. Yeah. There you go. It makes a huge amount Sharing of is caring. Isn't that what they say? <laughs> well, no, well, very much so. I, I think, um, like, myself and Ema, we, we, we're both kind of, I suppose, big advocates for the whole kind of area of that content repurposing. If we've written a yeah. blog, turn it into multiple tweets or a video mm. and mm. trying to craft it for the multiple audiences that potentially link in us and kind of maybe read our content or watch what we're doing. Um Something though, and I know you you alluded to it at the start of the interview when we were kind of talking about content and Google and ranking. Um, it was mm. something that you, you had put up on on the webinar was that, and I, I suppose I must admit I nearly I took a sharp intake of breath when I when I saw this, but it was you had that stat of ninety one percent of all content gets zero Google traffic, and it was and I suppose it kind of led me to kind of think, and I, I suppose be interesting just to to get your opinion, like is, let's say traditional content marketing dead, unless you employ content amplification, repurposing and trying to not just post and ghost, or you've put the blog post up and you forget about it, but that you actually then promote it. I mean, I think that if, if by traditional content marketing, you mean the sort of 2005 idea that you would hit publish and then walk away and people would find your content and yeah. it would do well if it's if it's a really good piece of content. That concept is fully dead. Yeah. There there is no more um almost no content does well because it is of high quality. Yeah. That that is no longer the um the baseline for earning amplification and getting traffic and and getting it well known. I think this is very frustrating for many content creators, especially folks who have been in the internet world for you know a quarter century and, and mm -hmm. kind of look back and say, wait, I made this thing. It was great. Why isn't it getting any traction? Yeah. Why, why am I not earning an audience? And the answer to that question is because you haven't built up an audience of people who care about amplifying it and who are boosting it through channels that could earn you more traffic. Yeah. Um, and those channels, you know, that, list of channels is is very, very long. But if you don't have a great an answer to the question, who will amplify this and why, you're out of luck. Mm. Well, my mommy would. <laughs> but she'd amplify, she doesn't amplify <laughs> and, my and jokes. And then the question becomes, here, <laughs> does your mother reach the audience who cares about the content you create? Pro probably not, but she's probably. just saying, God love her, I'll have to do something for her today. <laughs> She takes yeah. I mean, that is incredibly kind and sweet. I, I probably could email my mom and ask her to share stuff. That's a deal. That's a deal. That's a deal. You know? uh, yeah. So I, I might I might suggest that instead you think of, hey, here are people and publications and outlets and, mm -hmm. and social media channels and accounts and whatever, uh, press and podcasts and events and webinars that reach my audience Mm -hmm. Why will they want to share what I've created? Mm. And if you have a great answer to that question before you create the thing, and if you have them in mind when you're creating it, you, you are well on your way to having opportunities to earn more traffic and more value. I just wouldn't, I wouldn't tell anyone to go create content because it's really good mm. or because they did some keyword research that told them, Hey, you know, this this is something lots of people Google for. Okay, well, I'm going to create an article about that. Yeah. Why? How, how How are you going to earn the thousands of links and ranking signals that are required to rank well for that if you don't have a great answer to that question? Yeah. No, I think it's, I think it's such a great point because I, I don't know if it's something that you've experienced, Rand, with people that you've spoken to business, et cetera. But I know myself and Emer, especially here in Ireland, a lot of business owners get so frustrated that, oh, socialism working. I, uh, yeah. We've been yeah. on Twitter and we put up the blog and we're getting no traction. And 
when they listen to what you're saying and I suppose the complexity and the fact that, you know, trying to rank and all of these kind of intricacies with the Google algorithm, et cetera, that's really, there is some very specific things that you need to do with that piece of content that are kind of linked back almost to your audience and finding people who will really want to embrace that piece of content. So this is great for people to hear, I think, because I think there is, there's still that misnomer that we're doing all the blogging and we have all our keywords in there and still nothing, you know? Yeah. Nothing. That's exactly no, this is the result for, you know, if you think about um, that stat, right? 91% of, of uh, content earning zero search traffic. I, I am certain, right? That study is four years old. That, that number is probably in the 95% today. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's going to climb over the next decade, right? It wouldn't surprise me if it's 99.9% in 20 years. And the, the only reasonable, there's only two reasonable responses to that, right? One is... Um, I am going, I guess there's three. I'm going to be in the 0.01% that ranks. And I'm going to do that because I understand Google's ranking signals and I have the, you know, um, the power to influence that. And I, I can afford to hire, you know, the absolute best mm-hmm. SEO people and, and get my content, all the ranking signals that it needs. The second is I don't care about Google. I'm going to go after other sources that reach my audience. I'm going to go after press. I'm going to go after podcasts. I'm going to go after YouTube channels. I'm going to go after events. I'm going to go after uh, a sandwich board on the street. <laughs> right? Hey, yeah. that was my idea. You must have been <laughs> you must have been some social listening there, you know. Um, so I, I live here in Ballard, which is a little fishing fishing village. Used to be a little fish, fishing village north of Seattle, uh-huh. and um, you know the. The, the local uh, fishermen's terminal, which is where the Alaskan fishing fleet docks uh, for, you know, for the winter, you you can see they have little sandwich boards up, right? And they're like, hey, come get some salmon. <laughs> <laughs> Friday and Saturday, you can go down to fishermen's terminal, you can get some salmon. And I, whenever I see that sign, I always think to myself, you know what? That is probably far more effective than anything they could do on the internet. I would yeah. agree because I think people do, yeah, people kind of get fed up with the same old, same stuff, you know, and, you know, sometimes going back to basics can yeah. be the best. And, and I would argue, right. If Spark Toro put up a sandwich board that said, you can do audience research in seconds <laughs> and we put up which a you can, which you can. On, <laughs> yeah. Right. If we put it, put that up on Ballard Avenue, that yeah. would be useless. That, <laughs> it would be a terrible idea. Oh, well, look, you right? know, we so, always say test, test, test. Like, you know, you, you might you might win that day with that strategy, you know? You never know. Well, I'm testing all uh, the guests with these jokes, I think, and Yeah, and you're yeah. testing my patience. I know. Um, I was <laughs> going to say, <laughs> ding, ding, round three or yeah. four. Um, Rand, it's great that you're on with us um, in audio, but recently we're doing a webinar where you go through um, how content to succeed, it needs to hit a couple of different metrics. So, for example, you were talking about earn engagement on social media platforms, um, earn rankings on Google, and then earn coverage from blogs and industry publications, and even the old referrals, you know, um, from other creators. Do you have any tips that a business can employ in their content marketing to try and hit some of those metrics? You're not going to hit them all, but, you know, some that might give people a little bit of confidence Um, because, you know, you get tired and you go, oh, this isn't working. So I think one of the best ways to think about this is from a strategic sort of top down view, right? Mm -hmm. I, whenever I am, talking to an entrepreneur or business owner, someone mm-hmm. who's who's building a business, um, I, I almost always try and put myself in the shoes of their customers and then, you know, figure out what they pay attention to. And this is, you know, this is obviously what, what SparkToro helps with, but, you know, from, oh, I am someone, I'm a consumer in the Seattle area who might be interested in buying salmon. Wh- where do I think about that? Right. And that happens often as I'm driving or walking home and I'm thinking about dinner. And so a sandwich board makes a ton of sense, right? It's in the Mm. right location for me. If I instead am thinking about someone who is considering pet sitting, I'm thinking, okay, well, I bet they will possibly um, look at their friends on Facebook 
and they might ask some people in their neighborhood and maybe they will uh, use Instagram and see, you know, pictures of, of, of dogs they might um, be following hashtags or Instagram might be even recommending th that type of content to them. <laughs> they probably will use Google, right? So I'm trying to think of all the channels and sources that those folks pay attention to that would be appropriate and reasonable for them to find my business or service. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that's where I would start that process. And then I would say, right, the next thing I would say is, okay, this is the list of channels that my audience is probably paying attention to. Here are some of the sources that they follow, right? I can see that they maybe are paying attention to these social accounts or they listen to these podcasts, they follow you, these YouTube channels, they read these publications. Now, how am I going to be in them, right? Why will whatever, you know, the Dogs Trust uh, in the UK YouTube channel, why would they come and cover our pet sitting business in Ireland? Mm. And maybe the answer is every single dog that comes in, Philip makes up a custom set of puns for them <laughs> every visit. And this, uh, this could be the kind of thing that is you know, like terrifying happen, for right? like, many I of can... us normal folks, but <laughs> potentially really enticing for a certain subset of folks and probably makes for a great little short video. I make that happen so, as well. I could actually make that a reality. You could yeah, make that I a reality. Could. I yeah. could. Your, yeah. your pet sitting business could take off, right? Yeah. Uh, and and this, this type of thought process where you essentially say, who's my audience? Where do they pay attention? Why will those places cover me, write about me, talk about me, amplify mm -hmm. me to that audience? And then that's what I'm going to execute on. Now I'm going to experiment and I'm going to try things and I'm going to do whatever it is, keyword research or social mm -hmm. media research, or mm -hmm. I'm going to you know do content creation. I'm going to make a sandwich board. I'm going to do whatever it is. Mm. And then you're going to take the rest of the day off. Yeah. Heck, yeah. man. I mean, why, 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 why bother with, you know, 10 hours? It's amazing of work? What, yeah. It's amazing what you can get done in two hours. Isn't it? <laughs> it really is. Especially, yeah. especially if you are, um, so I think this is one of the most beautiful things about uh, human nature and the human brain is that when you are well rested and um, and in a good place mentally and emotionally, our brains work really well, mm. right? Like we have great ideas. You can you can do this with. Uh, I think most of the studies use college students, right? And they 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 have them take tests. Yeah. yeah. And you know, in a normal week, they're stressed out and they're they're worried about things and they haven't slept well and yada yada. Mm -hmm. And they perform poorly. And then you can take those same exact people and, you know, give them a bunch of nights where they're getting eight hours of sleep or more and uh, they're relatively low stress in their lives and then have them take the test again and they perform, you know, 20, 30, 40% better. Hmm. So, <laughs> heck, I mean, maybe the best performance, the best way to get outstanding performance from yourself and your team is to not work very hard. There you go, Philip. I'm not going to work very hard anymore on this show. That's fine. The, the show is work hard on the show anyway. So <laughs> just, just watch out. Watch out every other marketing podcast because uh, Emer is about to crush you. Yeah. Ah, uh, I love you. <laughs> yeah, I thought we were friends, Rand. But hey, you know, obviously, uh, you know, I'm going to mail you a, a new joke. Every, uh, Philip, every day. you are Philip. You are also going to benefit uh, from from Emer's uh, new amplification of. <laughs> um, no, I, I, like it has been. It's been great to to chat with you, uh, Rand, because I think, I think you will have stirred a lot of thought, like you've stirred a huge amount of thought and I suppose reflection with myself and Emer, and no doubt with our mm -hmm. listeners about how we approach content and this whole element of amplification, because we can get so caught up in, you know, getting the keywords, getting the content out, getting the editorial calendar all set. Yeah. We have it all posted. It all looks lovely. And then there's the crickets and why is that? And I think you sort of, you demystified, I suppose, why those crickets are there. And that's, there's a different way of looking at this. Um, I suppose as we start to kind of come towards the end, uh, Rand, um, have you any new things in the pipeline with Spark 
Toro or any kind of interesting things that you, you're hoping to, to do? And, and where would you like people to go to find out more about you and, and everything that you're doing? Sure. Yeah. Um, so we are, we're in the process uh, with SparkToro actually of adding some new geographies and languages. So historically we've been very English language focused, um, and that, that does include Ireland and the UK, but, um, mm-hmm. and, and the U S and Canada, but we're, we're expanding to, uh, German and Spanish are going to be the first wow. two languages that we Brilliant. take on Brilliant. and hopefully testing those, uh, the start of next year. Mm. So it's, oh, congratulations. Yeah, just a few months away here. Um, if you are interested in, uh, in SparkToro, the nice thing is, um, and Emer, I think you pointed this out, you know, it's, we, we've got a forever free account. So folks mm-hmm. can, you can just try yeah. it and do some searches and sort of see if you can find, you know, mm-hmm. an audience that's, that's useful to you. And you can find lots of tips on, uh, on the website to do that at, at sparktoro.com, but it, you don't have to pay money. You can just try it for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, the best place to find me and, and follow along with all my, you know, strange opinions about chill work and, and marketing <laughs> strategy is Twitter where I am at Randfish. Fantastic. Well, nice and on point. I like it. hundred um, percent. Mm-hmm. Well, Rand, this has been a, this has been a really um, enlightening show. Thank you so much for, for coming on and spending this last hour with us too, I suppose, mm-hmm. get everybody to maybe reframe their approach when it comes to content marketing and actually i think you would be alleviate a lot of stress for people yeah, so you know absolutely i hope um, so i hope so i stress is not it is not going to help you live longer or be happier and uh and i, I don't think it's even going to help you do better work so if i so can inspire true. some folks to uh look at the data yeah. and feel better about the two hours a day that they've got fantastic that would and you me. see stress get you know makes the hair go gray and uh we don't want that do we no we don't either <laughs> I mean, so some of us, some of us are already pretty gray here. So yeah. I'm going for the, uh, I'm going for the silver look, Rand. You know, <laughs> so, you are, you are oh, that's what it, it is. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, uh, if you enjoyed today's show, you can catch it again on the other shows on the Let's Get Social Show podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and of course on the Dublin South FM website. So please do download and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And all the stuff to say is I've been Philip Twyford, the Curly Marketer. And I just want to say, Rand, you're coming back because I need my partner in crime here, you know, because uh, sometimes some weeks can be more challenging. Hashtag than others so um i just want to say thank you very much well Um, i would i would love to join you again and i'm happy to recommend some other great marketing folks uh that might be a good match too brilliant thank you you very much we will talk again and i've been emer duffy of fit social media and this has been rand fishkin of spark toro who's amplifying let's get social so thank you rand (laughs) and um we will see you again soon for more let's get social see you then bye